0: Section 4 of U.S. Energy Sector Vulnerabilities to Climate Change and Extreme Weather by the U.S. Department of Energy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Patrick McAfee, Merritt Island. Chapter 3 Increasing Storms, Flooding, and Sea Level Rise. Key Messages Increasing intensity of storm events, sea level rise, and storm surge put coastal and offshore oil and gas facilities at increased risk of damage or disruption. Increasing intensity of storm events increases the risk of damage to electric transmission and distribution lines. Increasing intensity of storm events, sea level rise, and storm surge poses a risk to coastal thermoelectric facilities, while increasing intensity and frequency of flooding poses a risk to inland thermoelectric facilities. Increasing intensity and frequency of flooding increases the risk to rail and barge transport of crude oil, petroleum products, and coal. Recent trends and projections. As atmospheric temperatures increase, so does the water holding capacity of the air, generally about 7 percent per 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit, 1 degree centigrade, Increase in temperature. As a result, rainstorms become more intense and a greater fraction of precipitation falls during heavy rainfall events, increasing flooding risk. The greatest increase in heavy precipitation has been in the Northeast and Midwest. In the future, more frequent and intense downpours and a greater proportion of total rainfall coming from heavy precipitation events are very likely across the United States. Recent projections indicate that, globally, the heaviest precipitation events are likely to occur twice as frequently as they do today by the end of the century. In the United States, high rainfall events, which today occur once every 20 years, may occur once every four to 15 years by 2100, depending on location. Such events are also expected to become more intense with 10% to 25% more precipitation falling in the heaviest events. The greatest increases are expected in parts of the Northeast, Midwest, Northwest, and Alaska. Changes in the timing and amount of precipitation consequently shift the frequency, intensity, and duration of floods. Measurements of stream gauges with at least 85 years of historical records show that the greatest increases in peak stream flows have occurred in the upper Midwest, specifically the Red River of the North, and in the Northeast, especially in eastern Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey. However, measurements in the Rocky Mountains and the Southwest have shown significant declines. Floods are projected to increase in frequency and intensity in some regions of the United States, although with some uncertainty. In general, areas that are projected to receive the greatest increases in heavy precipitation are also expected to experience greater flooding, such as the Northeast and Midwest, as large amounts of precipitation over short periods can limit the ability of soil to absorb water. In addition to changes in the timing and amount of precipitation, tropical storm activity may also change. Complexities associated with the atmospheric conditions that lead to a hurricane complicate prediction of exactly how climate change will affect the occurrence of hurricanes. Data from 1851 to 2010 do not show any noticeable trends in changes in the number of major hurricanes Categories 3, 4, and 5, making landfall in the United States, and the number of landfalling tropical storms and hurricanes in the United States has fluctuated since 1900. However, since the 1970s, the intensity of hurricanes and tropical storms has increased. According to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the intensity of these storms is likely to increase, Others have suggested that while fewer hurricanes may form, those that do form may be stronger. Winter storms have increased in frequency from 1901 to 2000 in the northeast and upper midwest, and their tracks have shifted northward, while winter storms in the south and southern midwest regions have decreased in frequency during the same period. The shift in winter storm tracks northward is expected to continue, although projections of the intensity and frequency of winter storms are highly uncertain. Snowfall along the downwind coasts of the Great Lakes could increase as warming temperatures enhance lake effect snow. Some studies have projected an increase in the intensity of winter extratropical cyclones, for example, nor'easters, although this is not conclusive. Globally, absolute sea level rose at an average rate of 0.07 inches, 1.8 millimeters per year from 1880 to 2011. But from 1993 to 2011, the average sea level rose at a rate of 0.11 to 0.13 inches, 2.8 to 3.3 millimeters per year. The rate of global sea level rise over the last 20 years is double the rate observed over the last century. Sea level rise results from increased melting of glaciers and ice sheets and the thermal expansion of ocean water as ocean temperatures increase. Relative sea level rise, global sea level rise in combination with local land elevation changes, increased along much of the U.S. coastline between 1958 and 2008, particularly along the Mid-Atlantic and parts of the Gulf Coast, where some stations registered increases of more than 8 inches, 20 centimeters. Further global sea level rise over the rest of the century is projected to increase at a faster rate than over the last century. A recent study projected that a rise in global sea level by 2100 compared to 1992 average sea levels of 1 to 4 feet, 0.3 to 1.2 meters, is plausible. When combined with the uplift or subsidence of land, relative sea level rise will vary by location. For example, assuming a 2 foot 0.6 meters rise in global average sea levels by the end of the century, relative sea level may rise 2.3 feet 0.7 meters in New York City, 2.9 feet 0.9 meters in Hampton Roads, Virginia, 3.5 feet, 1.1 meters in Galveston, Texas, and only 1 foot, 0.3 meters in Nia Bay, Washington. Relative sea level rise in California could range from 1.4 to 5.5 feet, 0.4 to 1.7 meters, by the end of the century. In coastal areas, storm events combined with sea level rise will contribute to greater storm surge impacts, increasing over time as both storm intensity and sea level rise increase. Sea level rise will exacerbate existing vulnerabilities to hurricanes and storm surge because hurricanes and storms damage wetlands and other natural and man-made features that help protect coastal infrastructure from sea level rise, flooding, and hurricanes. Implications for the energy sector. The annual frequency of billion dollar weather and climate related events, and the annual aggregate loss from these events have increased during the last 30 years. The second costliest year for weather and climate disasters in the United States was 2012, with estimated damage of approximately $115 billion. These events include severe weather and tornadoes, tropical storms, droughts, and wildfires. The two major drivers of damage costs in 2012 were Hurricane Sandy, $65 billion, and an extended drought, $30 billion. These storm-related damages affect many sectors, including the energy sector. Sea level rise, more intense storms and flooding can disrupt fuel extraction, storage, refining and delivery as well as electricity production and delivery. Heavy rainfall and flood events in the Midwest and Northeast threaten inland facilities and infrastructure and may impede the transportation of coal to power plants. More intense hurricanes pose a particular risk to ports and energy infrastructure in coastal regions. In 2005 alone, direct costs to the energy industry due to hurricanes amounted to $15 billion. In 2012, storm surge and high winds from Hurricane Sandy downed power lines, flooded substations and underground distribution systems, and damaged or temporarily shut down ports and several power plants in the northeast, including all nuclear power units in the region. More than 8 million customers in 21 states lost power as a result of the hurricane, and fuel pumps at gas stations were not working due to power outages and lack of backup generation. Hurricane Sandy also forced the shutdown of petroleum and natural gas refineries, pipelines, and petroleum terminals, including two oil refineries with total capacity of more than 300,000 barrels per day. Four additional oil refineries with a cumulative capacity of 862,000 barrels per day were forced to reduce their output. The Colonial Pipeline, which brings refined products from the Gulf of Mexico, was not fully operational as a consequence of a power outage even though the infrastructure was not damaged. Oil and Gas Exploration and Production The Gulf Coast region exemplifies the high-volume, high-value, complex system of resources, infrastructure, and transportation networks required to convert raw materials such as natural gas and crude oil into fuels. With nearly 4,000 active oil and gas platforms, more than 30 refineries, and 25,000 miles of pipeline, the Gulf region's oil and gas industry produces approximately 50% of U.S. crude oil and natural gas and contains nearly half of the total U.S. refining capacity. In addition, the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, SPR, the world's largest supply of emergency crude oil, is stored in large underground salt caverns along the Gulf Coast. Approximately 700 million barrels of crude oil are stored in the SPR's four storage sites, providing an available supply of crude oil in the event of an emergency. Increasing intensity of storm events, sea level rise, and storm surge put coastal and offshore oil and gas facilities at increased risk of damage or disruption. In 2005, Hurricanes Katrina and Rita shut down or damaged hundreds of oil drilling and production platforms and offshore drilling units. The two storms damaged approximately 457 offshore oil and gas pipelines and significantly damaged onshore oil refining, gas processing, and pipeline facilities, which impacted oil and gas production for months. Disruptions in production decrease revenues for energy companies and can raise prices for consumers. As energy sector development in the Gulf Coast has proceeded over the last 50 years, including the deployment of deepwater rigs costing more than half a billion dollars, the potential for significant damage from storm events in the region has increased. In addition to causing physical damage to energy infrastructure, an increase in the intensity of storms can interfere with operations and decrease fuel supplies. Storm-related disruptions to extraction, processing, refining, and generation also cause losses for downstream businesses and industries. Business Interruption Costs the economic impacts of combined sea level rise and storm surge damages to the energy industry in the Gulf region could average $8 billion per year by 2030. A substantial portion of overall costs are due to business interruption. For example, two-thirds of the 2.5 to 3 billion dollars in economic losses in the oil and gas industry caused by Hurricane Ivan in 2004 was attributed to interrupted operations. Increasing intensity of storm events, sea level rise, and storm surge could impact oil storage facilities and operations. In 2008, the Gulf Coast region was impacted by two major hurricanes in quick succession. Hurricane Gustav, on September 1st, and Hurricane Ike on September 13th. These hurricanes resulted in significant storm damage, flooding, and power outages that crippled Gulf Coast refineries and pipeline distribution systems, creating temporary shortages of refined products in many East Coast markets. Although some SPR sites sustained significant damage, The SPR was able to conduct an emergency test exchange of 5.4 million barrels of crude in response to requests for emergency supplies from several refiners. However, it took $22 million and weeks to restore SPR sites to their pre-storm levels of mission capability. Fuel Transport More frequent heavy rainfall events will increase flood risk across the United States, particularly in the Northeast and Midwest. Increased frequency and intensity of flooding will affect water levels in rivers and ports and could wash out rail lines. Flooding events could also cause interruptions and delays in fuel and petrochemical feedstock deliveries. Increased intensity and frequency of flooding increases the risk to rail and barge transport of crude oil, petroleum products, and coal. Intense storms and flooding can impede barge travel and wash out rail lines, which in many regions follow riverbeds. Flooding of rail lines has already been a problem, both in the Appalachian region and along the Mississippi River. In 2011, severe flooding throughout the Powder River Basin disrupted trains. Rerouting of trains due to flooding can cost millions of dollars and delay coal deliveries. As heavy precipitation events become more frequent and the risk of flooding increases, so will the risk of disruptions to coal deliveries. Delivery disruptions could in turn interrupt electricity generation at some power plants. The amount of crude oil and petroleum products transported by U.S. railways during the first half of 2012 increased by 38% from the same period in 2011. Although the majority of oil is transported by pipeline, Railroads play an increasingly important role in transporting U.S. crude oil to refineries. This is especially true for North Dakota's Bakken Formation, which has limited pipeline infrastructure. The formation has more than tripled oil production in the last three years to become the second largest oil producer in the United States. Approximately 71% of the nation's coal is transported by rail lines, with the remainder transported by barge, truck, and pipeline. The United States produces and transports more than 1 billion short tons of coal every year. While coal is produced in 25 states, the Powder River Basin, largely in Wyoming, accounted for 468 million tons of production in 2010, or 43% of U.S. coal production. Thermoelectric power generation Numerous thermoelectric plants line the coasts of the United States. Of those plants, approximately 10% are nuclear reactors, 15% are coal-fired plants, and 75% are oil or natural gas-fired plants. Many inland thermoelectric power plants are located in low-lying areas or floodplains. Increasing intensity of storm events, sea level rise, and storm surge poses a risk to coastal thermoelectric facilities. Specific vulnerabilities to hurricanes and flooding vary from site to site. For example, a 2011 study evaluated the flood risk from coastal storms and hurricanes for the Calvert Cliffs Nuclear Facility, Maryland, and the Turkey Point Nuclear Facility, Florida. Under current conditions, storm surge would range from two feet, 0.6 meters, for a nor'easter, to 12 feet, 3.7 meters for a Category 3 hurricane, causing no flooding at Calvert Cliffs, but considerable flooding at Turkey Point, which, according to the study, would be inundated during hurricanes stronger than Category 3. The study also evaluated facility risk to future sea level rise and storms under a high warming scenario. By the end of the century, when the Calvert Cliffs facility is projected to experience the potential for flooding during a Category 3 hurricane, Turkey Point is projected to be inundated by even a Category 2 storm. The Atlantic coast from Hampton Roads, Virginia and further north and the Gulf Coast are considered to be particularly vulnerable to sea level rise because the land is relatively flat and in some places, subsiding. An increase in relative sea level of 24 inches has the potential to affect more than 60% of the port facilities on the Gulf Coast, and an increase of 48 inches would affect nearly 75% of port facilities. In addition, Assuming higher-range projections for sea level rise combined with future 100-year floods in California, up to 25 thermoelectric power plants could be flooded by the end of the century, as well as scores of electricity substations and natural gas storage facilities. Increasing intensity and frequency of flooding poses a risk to inland thermoelectric facilities. The intake structures, buildings, and other infrastructure at thermoelectric generation facilities that draw cooling water from rivers are vulnerable to flooding, and in some cases, storm surge. For example, in June 2011, the Missouri River floodwaters surrounded the Fort Calhoun nuclear power plant in Nebraska. The plant remained closed during the summer for several reasons while floodwaters surrounded the plant for months. Increasing intensity and frequency of flooding could impact the operation of hydropower facilities in some regions. Flooding has the potential to increase river flows and hydropower generation. If excess river flow remains within the dam's reservoir capacity, Additional water storage can be used for generation. However, in extreme cases, floods can prove destructive to dams. The large sediment and debris loads carried by floodwaters can block dam spillways, and powerful masses of water can damage important structural components. Variations in flood intensity make it more difficult to manage the supply of water for power generation. Sea level rise and increasing intensity and frequency of flooding could inhibit bioenergy production in some regions. In 2008, major corn-producing states in the upper Midwest experienced extreme flooding due to heavy rainfalls over an extended period of weeks. This flooding affected early season planting operations. In coastal agricultural regions, Sea level rise and associated saltwater intrusion and storm surge flooding can harm crops through diminished soil aeration, salinization, and direct damage. Electric grid. Increasing intensity of storm events increases the risk of damage to electric transmission and distribution lines. Since 2000, there has been a steady increase in the number of storm-related grid disruptions in the United States. These disruptions can result in high costs for utilities and consumers, including repair costs for damaged equipment such as transmission and distribution systems, and societal costs of work interruptions, lost productivity, and loss of consumables. Strong winds associated with severe storms, including tropical storms and hurricanes, can be particularly damaging to energy infrastructure and result in major outages. In addition, heavy snowfall and snowstorms, which have increased in frequency in the northeast and upper midwest and decreased in frequency in the south and southern midwest, can also damage and disrupt electricity transmission and distribution. Costs from power outages A Congressional Research Service report estimates that storm-related power outages cost the U.S. economy 20 to $55 billion annually. Whether from aging infrastructure, increasing development, or increasing storm intensity and frequency, outages from weather-related events are increasing. End of Section 4 Recording by Patrick McAfee, Merritt Island